This is Michael Cohen, and you're listening to the Mayor Culpa Podcast. After a long winter of waiting for investigations to wrap up and indictments to start coming down the pike, it feels like there's been a recent thaw. Now, I don't want to jump the gun, but it appears that things are really starting to move. And in one particular case, a verdict has already been given. In the murder of your wife, Maggie Murdoch, I sentence you for the term of the rest of your natural life for the murder of Paul Murdoch, whom you probably love so much. I sentence you to prison for murdering him for the rest of your natural life. In South Carolina last week, Alex Murdoch was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison for murdering his wife and 22-year-old son. In a strange plot twist that captured the entire country, the judge overseeing the case, Judge Clifton Newman, lost his own son to a cardiac arrest just weeks before the Murdoch trial began. Murdoch, who tried cases in the same courtroom where he was being sentenced, hung his head as Judge Newman pronounced his fate and spoke some truth. I respect this court, but I'm innocent. I would never, under any circumstances, hurt my wife Maggie, and I would never, under any circumstances, hurt my son Pawpaw. Well, and it might not have been you. It might have been... uh... The monster you become when you uh, take 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 opioid pills, maybe you become another person. I talk too often about the normalization of stupid shit that isn't at all normal and should never be normalized, but here we go. While the anti-Semitic day of hate we reported on recently turned out to be just a fucking blip on the screen. Except last week in Michigan, the state's attorney general, Dana Nessel, and others were targeted in a plot to kill Jewish political officials by a, quote, heavily armed defendant that was thankfully thwarted. But what the fuck, Michigan? I mean, seriously, your fucking magas are out of control. And you will not let go of this voting thing, will you? Never. I want to save, I want to help save our country and... I love our country, I love the people in our country, and uh, we've got to get rid of the computers in in our elections. In California, the fucking idiot my pillow guy, Mike Lindell, famous for whipping up 2020 big lie conspiracy theories, has found new partners in Shasta County, where, and I fucking kid you not, he and the newly elected hard right city officials formalized plans to dump the county's contract with Dominion Voting Systems. And why? Over fears that the machines could be or had been hacked by nefarious actors. I mean, for example, maybe Democrats, maybe the Chinese government. I mean, who the fuck knows? But I guarantee you that when Dominion is done suing the shit out of Fox News and Rupert Murdoch and the rest of these assholes, they're going to come for you too, Mike. The one thing about you is you are definitely committed, and you should probably be committed, to be honest with you. But, uh, Mike Lindell, everybody, the My Pillow guy. Now, file this under demented Elon Musk. Inspired by the Jetsons cartoon universe, Donald Trump is proposing a quantum leap in the American standard of living. 
and attempting to rebrand himself as some sort of futuristic tech mogul at the same time. I mean, you can't make this shit up. According to Politico, and seriously, I'm not making this up, Trump is holding a contest to design, quote, freedom cities that will be built on federal land. To those entering the contest, well, here are the requirements. Your freedom city should be an ultra-modern high for industry that doesn't import anything from China. You should have flying cars and offer baby bonuses to parents willing to populate your freedom city. These freedom cities will reopen the frontier, reignite American imagination, and give hundreds of thousands of young people and other people, all hardworking families, a new shot at home ownership and, in fact, the American dream. The only loophole, of course, is that the contest is contingent on whether or not Trump becomes president again. So no freedom cities, but the proposal is part of a series of actual policy videos released since Trump launched his campaign. And if I had to choose, I'd take Trump's Jetsons universe over Ron DeSantis' dystopian Florida model any day. Now, Trump touted his proposed freedom cities and more crazy ideas, where, of course, at fucking CPAC last weekend. And after a lackluster week of very small audiences and bad speakers obsessed with the deadly effects of wokeness, Trump's ramblings were a relief to average MAGAs who just came to CPAC to have fun. All of us in this room have one message to Joe Biden. It is time to put America first. I've noticed that the Trump team has been trotting Kimberly Gargoyle out a lot lately. Why? I have no fucking idea. But her drag show makeup and her shrill delivery are no replacement for Ivanka's trumped-up class. And thus far, there have been no sightings of Javanka at any of the Trump campaign events. Now, after Javanka's testimony before the January 6th committee, Trump is said to have cooled on his former kids. I mean, his senior advisors. But according to Vanity Fair, he spent Tiffany Trump's entire wedding weekend begging Ivanka to come back. If Jared and Ivanka already testified in front of the January 6th committee, they've said what they know, right? Right? That, that would be the assumption. And if you had everything from them, you wouldn't need to subpoena them. So clearly Jack Smith has looked at the testimony of these two individuals from the January 6th committee and it didn't solve questions that he has. Now that's not good for Jared and Ivanka. Now I'm sure family tensions have only gotten worse since Javanka was subpoenaed by Jack Smith and they are expected to testify under oath any day now. During prior testimony, it's been stated that Ivanka made a decision to shadow her father on the 6th in the hopes of preventing something terrible from happening. Ivanka sort of dropped the ball there, but it's clear that Jack Smith can't wait to hear her testimony. In fact, the whole country wants to hear her turn around and shit all over dear old dad. The Department of Justice filed a legal brief, it's known as an amicus, 
uh, brief with the DC Circuit Court of Appeals where they explain that even though the presidential powers for absolute immunity has these outer limits, which are very much outer limits, Trump's conduct on January 6th and inciting political violence doesn't fall within those outer limits. In a related story, Bloomberg reported on Friday that the Justice Department claims Trump is not entitled to absolute immunity against civil lawsuits seeking to hold him liable for the January 6th attack because he's accused of inciting, and I quote, imminent private violence. Now, what that means is the government doesn't believe that inciting violence falls under the heading of presidential duties. I mean, no shit. Therefore, Trump should not be protected against legal actions taken against him because he caused the insurrection. Now, Trump, of course, argues that he can't be sued for January 6th because, and I quote, speaking on matters of public concern fell within his rights. The Justice Department usually protects a current or a former president from being sued over official acts, so therefore denying Trump immunity now will likely cause legal complications and political blowback. But hey, it's a sure sign that Jack Smith and the DOJ are fucking finally making some big moves. As the 2024 presidential race is beginning to get underway, Jack Smith also seems to be gunning for various members of Trump's legal team, including mea culpa fan favorite, Rudy fucking colludy drunken Giuliani. I know crimes, I can smell them. You don't have to smell this one. I can prove it to you 18 different ways. I can prove to you that he won. Smith wants to know where Kaludi got his information about the alleged election fraud that he couldn't shut the fuck up about. And they want a timeline of where Kaludi was and what he's doing in and around the January 6th time period. So, I suppose Rudy could use alcoholic blackout as a defense, but I'm not sure how far that that's going to get him. reason we have the term mob lawyer and Donald Trump has tried to turn every lawyer who's ever worked for him into a mob lawyer. He was taught by Roy Cohn, the original mob lawyer. But it's so ironic, it's even sort of Shakespearean, that Rudy Giuliani, who as U.S. attorney for the Southern District, <laughs> was the great prosecutor of mafioso in New York City and took them on. He was has, taking notes. <laughs> well, and now has become a mob lawyer himself. Now, in a Mar-a-Lardo stolen documents case, the noose is tightening around Trump's lawyer, Evan Corcoran's neck, as they are now trying to force testimony out of him on the grounds that Trump used Corcoran's legal advice in furtherance of a crime. And they are also putting the screws to Boris Epstein, another asshole, who's connected to both the election fraud case and Mar-a-Lardo's. I mean, some guys just have all the fucking luck. And according to sources, Habba Baba, Christina Bob, and Benal have also been questioned. So the bottom line is that no lawyer is safe with Trump. I mean, yours truly. He either turns them into witnesses or investigative targets. But it's never good when your lawyers are being leveraged against you. If you are asking your lawyers to commit a crime, um, right. like such as saying something that's not true to the government, that's a crime, making a false statement, obstructing the government. If you do that, lawyers then can be asked to testify. Normally, there's an attorney-client privilege. If you are my client, Joy, you and I can talk and nobody gets to know about it. 
But, you know, if you were to ask me or I were to ask you to commit a crime, all bets are yeah. off. You hear that, Donald? It's never good when your lawyers are being leveraged against you. Now, right now, it's hard to imagine a more polarizing issue than abortion. But last Thursday, Walgreens, the second largest pharmacy chain in America, announced that they will not dispense abortion pills in several states where they remain legal. I mean, scratch your head and ask, why? Well, they claim that they are acting out of an abundance of caution amid a shifting policy landscape and real threats from state officials and pressure from anti-abortion activists. Now, we knew but didn't comprehend just how far the right would go to separate a woman from her reproductive rights. But face it, they won't be happy with anything less than an all-out nationwide abortion ban. The Department of Justice has already independently issued an opinion related to this issue that is at odds with this dangerous effort. This is, this is all a part of a continued effort by anti-abortion extremists who want to use this arcane law to impose a door, uh, backdoor ban on abortion. The administration will continue to stand by the FDA's expert judgment in approving and regulating medications and in the face of bar barriers to access and, and concerns about safety of patients, healthcare providers, and pharma pharmacists, we will continue to support access to this critical medication within the limits of the law. A lawsuit filed in Texas is trying to get the abortion medication, Mephepristone, banned nationwide. And if it succeeds, it will disrupt the drug approval process. It'll cut access to a variety of medications and weaken pharmaceutical companies' incentives to develop new drugs. They want a federal judge to overrule the FDA and remove a drug that's been on the market for over two decades. Why wouldn't drug companies just scrap plans to develop new drugs if politicians can turn around and outlaw their use? Well, it's a dangerous and slippy slope, and until we can override our compromised Supreme Court, we're fucking stuck with the consequences of the disastrous Dobbs decision and all the shit that comes with it. We sit on the eve of the FDA potentially disallowing a drug with no medical concerns because of the frenzy and the heat around anti-abortion activism, which is opposed by vast majorities, not just of Democrats, but of Republican people in this country. It is a policy fight being waged on the far fringes of the far right. Donald Trump came out and attacked Republicans for letting extremists take hold of abortion policy and politics. But lastly, the GOP came out with their first policy to rein in inflation. Yahoo! I mean, it's about time, right? The problem is that the plan does absolutely nothing to help the people. But let's let our good friend, Jamie Raskin, the representative from Maryland, break it down for us. The GOP has now debuted their big plan for dealing with inflation in America with H.R. 347, something called the Rainian Act, which stands for the Reduce Exacerbated inflation negatively impacting the nation act it's a bill for a mandatory reporting requirement related to executive orders that might apply to two or three executive orders a year you got that right a reporting requirement related to a handful of executive orders every year is the gop's response to inflation 
after barnstorming the entire country, claiming that they had some kind of solution. And now for the main event. We welcome back to Mea Culpa, my friend Rick Wilson, longtime Republican political strategist, infamous negative ad maker, and commentator. Now, since the year 2015, he's been a leading conservative critic of Donald Trump. His regular column with the Daily Beast is a hilarious and spot-on must-read in the political community. He is also a founding member of the Lincoln Project. And Rick's been published in both the Washington Post, the Politico, the Hill, the London Spectator, Rolling Stone, the New York Daily News, USA Today, the Bulwark, and beyond. And he's constantly called upon for sharp political insights on the national news networks, including CNN and MSNBC. He's also a fan favorite on Real Time with Bill Maher. He's a 30-year veteran of politics when Rick got his start in the 1988 presidential campaign of George Herbert Walker Bush and since has produced groundbreaking advertising and provided strategic counsel to political campaigns across the nation as well as around the world. Rick is also a best-selling author. His latest book is Running Against the Devil and his number one New York Times bestseller Everything Trump Touches Dies, which quintessentially defined the Trump era. So let's go now to that conversation. Okay, so Rick, what do you make of the four-person on the Fulton County case coming out and sharing her thoughts on the, um, on the Trump election fraud case? I mean, she probably represents the average juror in Georgia. But one of the things that we know is it's not common to speak before indictments and maybe not prudent. What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, look, I, Michael, I've had a I've had a really weird set of thoughts about this woman. There's a part of me that's like something's off with this woman. Something's weird with me. And I I can't put my finger on it quite, but like something about her sets off my like like radar screen. But um it, look, it's not illegal in the state of Georgia to do it, but a normal fucking human being would have said, Well, maybe I'll keep my mouth shut and let the process of the law play itself out. Um you know, she may have been wanting to get out there and become famous for five minutes. And and if, if that's what it was, maybe that's what it was. But there is something really strange about her, don't you think? She's kind of, comes up, that's a weird like affect, weird like personality. So I don't. And I'll tell you, first of all, it's Emily Kors is the young lady that we're referring okay. to. And the only thing that I thought was, let's just say not prudent, was the statement that she made. Can you imagine doing this for eight months and not coming out with a whole list of recommended indictments? You know, it's not a short list. Right. It's not. That was the only thing to me. Look, as the foreperson of this of this grand jury, I could understand this is a very high profile case. It is in the news mm. every time I'm certain that she goes out anywhere to the restaurant, to work, to the bar, to no matter no matter where she goes, a friend's house. Everybody's asking oh, her, yeah. what do you think? What do you think? Because you on? and sure. I and everybody, we all know that Trump and cohorts and sycophants and acolytes, that they are all guilty that they're all guilty of trying to pressure Brad Raffensperger, trying to overturn the 2020 election. Sure. And so 
Maybe it wasn't the most prudent thing to do, but at the end of the day, and I hope you agree with this, it's not about whether the foreperson and the jury decided that this case is ripe for an indictment, but rather the information, the testimony, the documentary evidence that's going to be relied upon at the time of trial. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I'm I'm not overreacting to her testimony. I, I, I found her a little weird. I don't know what it is, but I, I it just seems strange to me. And and maybe it's because I'm like a person who lives by the rule of never tell anybody anything um, until you have to. But she um, she. You know, again, it's her right. But I think I think that it did show the tip of the iceberg of what's coming of they're going to have a case. And, and so many people I mean, I think the most interesting nugget is she said so many people came in there with an immunity deal already. And and these people are rolling over on Trump and they're going to fuck him. And 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 th- this idea that there were people walking in the door or that they were getting a, a, an immunity deal while they were sitting there in front of the grand jury um, I think that's one of the most interesting factors of this because I mean this is this is how they're gonna this is how they're gonna play this thing out. Okay, so look, as I'm sure you've seen, I've been before Danny, the district attorney of New yep. York, uh, through this new team three times prior to I apologize, uh, four times, and prior to. The 17th, right? Uh, you know, I had been working along Mark Pomerantz, Carrie Dunn from the original team. And even before Pomerantz was involved, they right. sent they sent Carrie Dunn and a different team up to Otisville three times. So all in all, right. 17. Okay. Now, I've come on television. I've been on my podcast talking about uh, this investigation that's going on. I don't give the specifics. I ask everyone to respect the uh, integrity of the district attorney's case, and I don't want to do anything that I believe will harm it. But if they had their druthers, they would prefer me to say nothing. And here's the problem that I have with all of this. I do truly believe that what this country needs right now is transparency because we have no fucking transparency at all. You know, only the people who are on the inside know shit. And that's not fair because the rest of the country, in fact, the rest of the world is being affected by Donald and by his acolytes and by the GOP. And it's only fair that the entire country, that the world know what's going on because everybody has a stake in this game. You know, Michael, that's a really good point because this idea of that everything has to be cloaked in secrecy until the last minute, um, in, in some ways, I think, has led to both um, a decline of trust in our institutions. Like people stop trusting the courts, and and they're like, "Oh, it's all it's all an inside deal anyway. What do I know? I'm you know, it's it's all going to be rigged." And and I think it also has kind of empowered Trump in a way to be able to keep bullshitting and lying all the time. It was a perfect call. I did nothing wrong. I have nothing. I'm not in this case at all. What are you talking about? I mean, it's it. it, I I think that's a really good point that that the lack of transparency and the lack of a sense of I I also think the lack of a sense of momentum on prosecuting the jajillion freaking crimes the guy is obviously involved in. And, And look, is he guilty of all of them? 
Probably. Would I like to see a court of law make that decision? Absolutely. But that, that sense of like, that he's impervious, that Garland won't go after him, that nobody will really take take the shot. Um, you know, hopefully Georgia is going to crack that apple or crack that 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 veneer a little bit more, and we're going to push in a little further on it. Um, and and again, I think that the fact that so many people were taking immunity in this case means that they have a good case, and they were scaring the shit out of some of these people. Like Trump will save himself. You're going to save yourself. Yeah. Look, I'm 100 percent with you. I mean. Let's go back to Donald for a second. The first thing that he does is exactly what she said. It's a witch hunt. Quite frankly, as far as I'm concerned, Fannie Willis, she's a racist. <laughs> she's, ra- she's racist. And actually, right. I've heard... Fannie, I've, Will- Fannie Willis. Right? And then, oh, okay. and then, then he'll turn sure, around Donald. and he'll, he'll say something like, you know, it's a witch hunt. In fact, I've heard from very reliable sources that she was involved in 1600 in the Basque witch hunt and the witch trials. And she's just now angry about it. And she's going to come back and try to, quite frankly, do this to me. And it's so stupid. She's a time, so- traveling, she's a time traveling witch. <laughs> yes. All right. And in, look, at the end of the day, I'm not even 100% certain that Fannie Willis brings an indictment. I'm really not. I have my I have my suspicions there. Um, and I have said routinely, even at the time when this case was, meaning the district attorney's case here in New York, mm-hmm. was somewhat stalled, I've always said right. that I believe that the DA of New York's case will be the first indictment and I also believe that it is the strongest case that is out there or potentially out so there you think, to so hold you think Donald the New York accountable. Case, you think the New York case is a better is a better set of fact better facts set to to go after him than uh than the Georgia case. I do. Um and I've had this conversation with like Ellie Honig on CNN as mm-hmm. well as on MSNBC. We've gone through this a few times. First of all, I believe that he is guilty um, in both cases. It's just my opinion, right? Um, but I believe he's guilty in Fulton County for trying to um, exert pressure, as he did in the case with me, with Jeffrey Berman in the Southern District of New York. He doesn't follow the law. He doesn't care about the law. So he will do whatever he can, and he will exert whatever power and pressure that he can, like an autocrat, As long as it benefits him. The problem that you have with the Fulton County case is knowing Trump as well as I do, and everybody, at least all of my listeners and all of your listeners, will acknowledge is that Donald's a fucking liar and he will lie with impunity. So he will claim that I did not call Brad Raffensperger, and I don't care what anybody else says. Mm-hmm. It is irrelevant what Rudy Colludi, drunken Giuliani said. Quite frankly, Rudy has no idea what he's talking about. All right. And what he right. will then do is he will turn around and say, I had no intention of getting them to get votes for me that were not already mine. And if we have to compare it, think of it that they stole my car. And I know where my car is. And so I send one of my people to go get my car back. Am I committing a crime? Well, no. Right now, you know, you could say that he, you know, had no mens rea. There was no intent 
to do it. And a lot of Fannie Willis's case is predicated on mens rea, on intent. And if he could continue his line of bullshit, mm-hmm. despite the fact that we all know that that's what it is, I think it becomes oh, yeah. a very difficult case. And knowing that there's still a percentage of this country, specifically the Republican, 28%, no matter what Trump does, they will not hold him criminally liable for his wrongdoing. You need one Republican juror who is willing to go in and there and say, oh, I can take, I can judge the case fairly. And they're thinking to themselves, I'm going to save Mr. Trump. I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the hero. And, and, I, and, and I think that is a... I think that is a consideration on any jury trial you bring Trump to in these in these cases, because we know one thing about uh, MAGA voters, they will lie to pollsters. They will lie to people mm-hmm. in the political world. I, I can't imagine they wouldn't lie in a jury selection. Oh yeah, I can I can be I can be objective. I'm not I'm not biased towards anybody. I, I can't imagine the risks that these prosecutors are taking. And even if you've got a good jury selection process, you know, just the roll of the dice and the odds are going to end up with, with a enormous spoiler factor from a Republican juror who, who really believes they can save Donald Trump. Yeah. And why they want to do it. I have no idea, but you know, what's interesting is where this um, four person uh, course claimed Despite Trump's claims that the prosecutors are a bunch of liberal zealots on a witch hunt, she Mm -hmm. believed that Willis and her team acted in a nonpartisan fashion and tried to keep the proceedings fair. I mean, that's I thought that was very interesting. I thought that was very interesting. Tell me your thoughts. I really did. No, I I thought that was very interesting. And, And look, it's in Trump's interest and the MAGA world's interest and the Fox world's interest to portray everyone who's running a case against Trump as a as a frothing at the mouth partisan rabid crazy progressive who's trying to just kill Trump off but the 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 dirty little secret is most of these people are probably kind of doing the boring lawyer stuff that building a solid case against a person with a potential criminal exposure um deserves and needs and so this idea that that the, the case was by the book this idea that the case was you know in our culture today it's like almost shocking that someone would come out and say that because everybody's so in their partisan ditches, but it 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 should be considered, I think, like really great news that it wasn't a crazy town, you know, it wasn't some crazy town stacked deck against Donald Trump, that the facts were damning enough where somebody came out of this after all these months and said, this is pretty bad. This is not a great look for you, Donald. Um, and we expect indictments. I mean, I think that I think that is a really um interesting and and kind of telling. Um, kind of telling moment in 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 what we're learning about the uh, the Willis case. Yeah, and look, going back to my concept of the transparency, mm-hmm. just think about what recently happened. We're going to talk more about this. Actually, you know what? I'm going to make this my next question to you. All right. What's Kevin McCarthy's endgame when he gives fucker Carlson sensitive material from the January 6th proceedings? And when I'm talking about the transparency issue, here, they only give it to Fox News' fucker Carlson. 
To me, right. I don't understand well, that. You want to be transparent. You make it available for everyone. MSNBC, CNN, correct. ABC, CBS. Because the Capitol Police are actually against the release of the footage for security mm-hmm. reasons. Now, then again, show me the reason why. Anybody that walks into the Capitol knows where the cameras are. It's not like they're hidden in the walls in micro cameras. They're these big, gigantic baseball bats that are sticking up all over the place. All right. And everybody should know that the Capitol is fully videotaped. But to me, to, to me, Rick, it feels like McCarthy is playing a dangerous game. Does he know what he's doing or is he just fucking winging it? Oh, look, he is trying to keep the pressure from... Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, Andy Biggs, Paul Ghost, are all those fucking lunatics, right? He's trying to give them things, small shit he can give them to keep him out of his hair while he tries to do a debt ceiling deal behind the scenes. So the reason they gave it to Fox is really important. <clears throat> and it's much more important than people have thought. And I made a sort of snippy comment about, oh, the security part. Hey, the security part clearly didn't matter when these if idiots charged him the first time. But what he's doing is giving them 40,000 hours of videotape where they're going to run uh, like long blocks of videotape of people not doing anything. Like, oh, here's a blank lawn. There were no rioters here. They're going to try to give Fox the material to basically make an anti-January 6th uh, propaganda push to say it was fake. It didn't happen. It was Antifa. Nobody was rioting. There are no violence. Nobody shit in Congress in the halls of Congress. Nobody was trying to kill Pelosi. Uh, they're going to try to make this into this fantasy bullshit of of an alternative reality because there ain't nothing the Fox people love more than alternate reality. They love being in a world where they where where they can say, oh, you know, no, it's actually run by a secret cabal of Antifa and uh, Black Lives Matter. Those were the people invading the Capitol. It wasn't us. Um, and they're also doing it to try to screw up prosecutions uh, of these people. Um, and it's to disrupt and to cause a public spectacle to take the minds and the eyes off of all the other heinous shit that they're doing in Congress right now. Yeah. See, once again, those are my those are my like top lines. Yeah. And I agree with you. But I think the mistake that folks like Chuck Schumer and a group of the Democrats that obviously Oppose the release of this information. And I'm going to make, I'm going to quote Chuck Schumer here. The footage Speaker McCarthy is making available to Fox News is a treasure trove of closely held information about how the Capitol complex is protected and its public release would compromise the safety of the legislative branch and allow those who want to commit another attack to learn how Congress is safeguarded. Now, look, Chuck. We're not stupid, okay? Rest assured, it doesn't show shit. And the 40,000 hours isn't going to show anything that's going to interfere with the public, with the safety of the, of the building and so on. And if, in fact, you believe that, for a hundred grand, and I'm sure it's in the budget, you could redo the entire system, add better, you know, globe recording devices, you know, you could have them move so that they, everyone should know that every single inch of that capital is being recorded. All right. It just should be. That's the technology that we have. That's not the problem. And I don't think he's being honest and legitimate in it. 
I think you nailed it on the head, Rick. I think the real issue here is that they are now going to make anti-January 6th propaganda and with the system that they have in place, whether it's Newsmax, OAN, whether it'll be Fox, yep. whether it'll be through any of their other channels, whether it'll be Untruth Social, they will, on a 24-7 basis, they will continue a fake propaganda that this was yep. Antifa, this was the Democrats, that this had nothing to do with the Republicans, that Donald Trump had nothing to do with any of this and that's, that's right. the problem. And it goes right back to the whole issue of transparency. Now that Fox has these, if I were the Democrats, I would release it to all the other news outlets. And they well, have here's the, the, here's the, the good right. news. Here's the good news. As Greg Sargent pointed out in the Washington Post today, they do have that ability and they do have that right. And what I think they should do is post it, is, is pass it over to, you know, MSN and every other network. They should also post if they're going to do it this way, they're going to they should post every damn minute of it on a on online and let America crowdsource it, and they can make up their mind because they're going to see a lot more than we've seen in some of these things. We're going to hear a lot more of the threats that were being made that from some of the that that, that have been uh, released to date. We're going to see a lot more dangerous people doing things than we have seen to date. I think I think that there's a way for the Democrats and the the the, the clerk of the House has said this this morning. And Greg Sargent had a great piece on it in the Washington Post today. They have every right, and they should play the same ball game. Because, you know, if, if one guy's hitting you in the head with a baseball bat over and over and over again, and you keep saying, don't do that, and but but somebody else hands you a baseball bat, you have to whack him back over the fucking head with the baseball bat. This is not, this is not rocket science, but these guys, they frequently uh, do not understand just how... Um, malicious their their political opponents have become in this thing and how and how unbelievably difficult um it is for them to understand that republicans they're not playing they're not being good actors here they're being the worst possible actors here they're, if you think they're doing the worst thing think again they're doing something even worse so representative nancy mace actually said mm -hmm. something and i can't believe that i agree with her not sure why both sides of the aisle wouldn't want every minute of the January 6th video footage unfiltered, not redacted, mm -hmm. for all to access. Mm -hmm. Every media outlet, every defense attorney, the public, etc. Sunlight is the best medicine. And I totally agree with that statement. You know what? Look, it's great. So we now know that there was some underhanded bullshit deal made between Tucker Carlson uh, and McCarthy for whoever, however, whatever. And we should, we should actually know that as well, because that's dangerous when you have a McCarthy, sure. right? The Speaker of the House doing something underhanded yeah, and look. backhanded for a news or a suspected news organization I and to the detriment an of alleged, everybody else. An alleged, an alleged news organization. Right. <laughs> um, but, but Michael, I mean, here, here's, a, here's the sort of, I think, the 30,000-foot view of this. They know that January 6th definitely hurt the Republican Party. They know the big lie Trump bullshit hurt the Republican Party because it radicalized a sector of the party that now goes out and wins primaries with Trump's help because they know if they say, Donald Trump was it was stolen from Donald Trump. He'll say so and so is a good guy. You should elect him. That's how they won all these primaries 
And that's how we ended up with a bunch of assholes on the Republican side for Senate in 2022 who got their heads caved in. And and they know that January 6th really hurt them. They know it hurt them with, with moderate Republicans, with educated people. They know it hurt them with, with average voters. So they have to rewrite history. They have to rewrite history as desperately and quickly as they can because the 2024 election is already on. It's already happening. So they're going to move very aggressively, I think, also in these bullshit hearings they're going to do to say, oh, well, you know, none of this is real. It was all fake. It was all Antifa. And they'll say it again and again and again and again and again because repetition matters, especially with stupid people. Repetition matters. They will they will do this until they feel like the 2024 election is not going to be impacted by the images and the and the and the destruction that was that was caused from January 6th. Yeah, but look, I, I'm going to go back to Chuck Schumer again. I think whoever it was that was preparing his message to the American people, you know, again sounding the sounding the alarm, right? Uh, that mm-hmm. you know this. Thanks to uh, Kevin McCarthy's decision to give Carlson, you know, this surveillance footage, it's now exposed the Capitol complex to one of the worst security risks since 9-11. And, you know, you know how Chuck Schumer gets. And so that's not the message I think the American people want to hear. How about why did Kevin McCarthy choose and specifically only choose Fox News, and not even Fox News as a whole, but fucker Carlson singly, why did he choose him to give 40,000 hours of this surveillance tape? Why did he not make it available to the American people? Why is Tucker Carlson the speaker for the American people? Because Tucker Carlson is the most, he is the most important normative force in the in the Republican media world. All right. He is to the Republicans now what Rush Limbaugh was before he died. He is he is the most important voice at Fox when it comes to the far right. He essentially runs an independent operation inside Fox at this point. He's basically daring Fox to tell him to stop. And he is going to engage in this agitprop and this propaganda and this and this this, you know. Uh, arson of our of our of our country because he makes a ton of money doing it and he makes he makes a ton of noise doing it and he's becoming more and more famous doing it and and look he likes it he likes this shit michael he likes fucking this country you he know, likes being an asshole yep. he likes he likes the trolling he loves all of that shit look i knew tucker years ago before he was tucker right when he was a, started the daily caller and he's a he's the guy's a nihilist he doesn't care about shit He's just having fun having, you know, blowing up the world. Yeah. Well, one of the bigger problems, and again, had Chuck Schumer said it the way that you and I are saying it right now, it would have made more sense in the continuation of his statement, which is, and I'm quoting, this is again, Schumer, giving someone as disingenuous as Tucker Carlson exclusive access to this type of sensitive information is a grave mistake by Speaker McCarthy that will only embolden supporters of the big lie and weaken faith in our democracy. He then goes on to say, the majority leader argued that the handpicking of Carlson by McCarthy, and here's the quote, laid bare that this sham is simply about pandering to MAGA election deniers, not the truth. 
All right, that makes sense when you couple that with what you and I are saying right now, not about the security, because that's right. It has now, nothing now to he's do boxed with security. himself. Now he's boxed himself because what yes. the Republicans are beautiful at hypocrisy. They will just say, "Well, Chuck Schumer said that these files are are absolutely secret and they can't be released, and it's going to hurt our security. So why would he want to do that?" They, and they they will not even blink an eye at the cognitive dissonance and the bullshit of it. They will not even blink an eye about it, Michael. They will pretend it's perfectly normal and this is what what you know what what they should be doing to keep people safe. They they are better at this game than Chuck Schumer has ever been. You know, and I've said this a long time. God bless him, but Mitch McConnell can do more in the minority than Chuck Schumer can do in the majority. And that's always been true. Not just now. Because Chuck Schumer, I, I don't know what it is. He walks around on eggshells for whatever reason, and and he ought to be a little more bold about this stuff right now because you know it's not like it's not like if we go into twenty twenty four and 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 you know the Republicans have run run crazy for two years before then it's going to be okay. It's not going to be okay. They're going to have a they're they're going to have the majority if we don't get our shit together and push back now on the shenanigans they're doing to do the battlefield preparation for 2024. Yeah, and the crazy, the crazy thing about it is everybody knows that what they're doing, what the Republicans are doing, what Mitch McConnell, what, uh, what you call it, what uh, Kevin McCarthy is doing is not in the best interest of America, but yet their not. messaging is so much better. And so, which we just proved the point being. Now, let me just go and continue for a second here, talking about Fucker sure. Carlson. I mean, he's... Often said that January sixth was a false flag operation, yep. but we know yep. that he yep. didn't even believe that Trump won. Right? We now have Listen, those text it, messages. He spread the big lie, and he's been caught uh -huh. by these text messages that have now been released. The question that I want to ask is, you, Rick, is: Do his followers care, or are they just happy to be lied to? And what will it take, if anything? to pop this Fox bubble. Look, first off, at some point, death will knock on Rupert's door. He's 9,000 years old. Now, that's not going to fix everything because there's a culture that he's built inside. And and frankly, that even before him, that Roger Ailes built inside of Fox, um, that, that Lachlan and the rest will imitate because it's a great moneymaker for him. Tucker is a bad actor. He's a bad player. He wants the anarchy and the destruction and the nihilism of his position to be to be uh, at the centerpiece of a giant bonfire that has America in the center of it. Um, and he's not going to stop. And he's not going to back down. Fox, you know, the, the only way to break Fox is the carriage fees. The only way to break Fox is to have local cable carriers say, you know what? Enough with your bullshit. Because Fox doesn't sell advertising anymore. They sell their cable carriage fees where $10 a person who's signed up to Fox every month from these cable companies. And it's a lot of money. It's billions and billions of dollars. So until you break that, it's really hard to take Fox off the air. Um, but the other thing that, that I think the, the rest of the country needs to start doing is to treat Fox like Fox treats America with contempt. They lied from the start. They all knew from the start 
that Donald Trump had had his ass handed to him. They all knew it from the start. Every single one of them, Sean and and Laura and Tucker and Susan and all of the other idiots on Fox, they all knew it. Every single one of them was aware that Donald Trump was defeated legally, appropriately, and soundly. However, they 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 treat their audience with so much contempt because if you think the kind of shit I get in trouble for for calling them rubes is bad, what they th- what they think of those people inside the Fox world is a thousand times worse. Tucker Carlson would not be for five fucking seconds with the people he's appealing to. Okay, he would not sit in a room with those people for five seconds. Although he says I'm for the forgotten working neither, man. Neither would neither he, would Donald. Oh, neither would Sean. As you've, as you've as you've pointed out many times, Donald it does not like quote unquote those people. That is not his game. Um, and and it is it it is hey, right and Sean too. Sean's whole like um. Oh, I uh, was born blue man collar. Thing. My father, right? You know, used to be. And yeah, so and now I now I, I travel now. in and out. Of, I commute by helicopter from fucking Long Island every day. Get right. the fuck out of here. Yeah, you he know? has no I interest mean, in spending two seconds with any of those people that they no so way. you know pretend to care about. Correct. Correct. So you know, look, I think we've got a big fight ahead of us on on this propaganda front, Michael. I think we've got. We, the, as these lawsuits heat up and and bring Trump under more pressure, uh, at the same time the campaign is heating up, and Trump is going to be under pressure from other people trying to get in the campaign. Although, I got to tell you, and I say this a lot, I think DeSantis is an overpriced stock. I think I think the rest of these wannabes like Nikki Haley are going to get their heads torn off. Um, I still think Trump has a meaningful chance of winning the primary, even under indictment. Yeah, I'm. Um- I'm going to say the opposite. Uh, I don't believe that. I don't believe that he gets the nomination. I don't believe that he even continues. I mean, one of the things that is a clear giveaway, at least to me, I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw this, but he just had some sort of a rally. I wouldn't even call it a rally. I'd call it more like a gathering. I, I had more people over at Politics and Prose, the bookstore in Washington, right. D.C., than he had at this gathering. That was at, what was it, like the Palm Beach uh Radisson ballroom or something like that. The only place I've ever seen that has uglier fucking carpet than a Trump hotel was over there. <laughs> and the entire stage was like 10 feet by 10 feet made of plywood that looks like somebody just built it literally from you know their local Costco or Walmart store. I mean, that's not to me an indication that Trump is spending any money at all. Why he even well, then needed why did he even need a podium? I mean, it would have been better for him to stand there face to face, eye to eye on the same level as the people that would show up to this thing, which was probably the workers and some people that worked for him at Marilardo or over at any of his other properties there. I don't I didn't understand the benefit of it. I didn't understand the look of it. It certainly is not anything that would represent to me that he wants to spend any money on this campaign because he gets to keep 90% of what these dumb schmucks keep sending to him to that super PAC. Let me tell you, that super PAC is, is it's the best business Donald Trump has ever run. Most profitable for sure. So look, uh, By look, far. Uh, so look, Rick, let's do this for a sec. Let's switch topic to something that doesn't raise my blood pressure as much. And that's Joe, <laughs> and that's Joe Biden, right? 
Biden's, okay. Biden's visit to Ukraine and then to Poland, I think mm-hmm. everybody, Republican, Democrat, Independent, has to acknowledge that it's pretty impressive. And not to be upstage, Republicans like Daryl Issa showed up in Ukraine a day later. And you know what? That mm-hmm. should also not be ignored. But the truth is that there is no consensus among Republicans about Ukraine. And then again, we go right back to Mitch McConnell, who's then trying to get them in line. But the MAGAs, the MAGAs that are there, they're just not playing along. Do you think the Republicans will ever get behind Ukraine? And the real question I'm asking is, why wouldn't they? Well, look, there, there are there's a meaningful fraction of the Republican Party, Michael, that now, and I don't mean to, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating this, they're on the side of Vladimir Putin. Yes, they they believe that Vladimir Putin represents their values more than than America or Joe Biden or Vladimir Zelensky or NATO or Europe or the West. They are Putin fanboys and fangirls. And and that that sense that Putin is quote unquote protecting white Christianity in Russia drives a lot of this craziness underneath the um underneath the the the, the waterline. And that that idea of of opposing Joe Biden no matter what he does and saying, you know, fuck you no matter what you do, it's a bad thing. You know, this is we can go back all the way to the to the end of World War II and go through Truman and Ike and and Kennedy and Johnson and Nixon and Ford and Carter and Reagan and 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 Bush 41 my old boss and Bill Clinton and George W Bush and Barack Obama and Bill and Joe Biden and they've all stood up for NATO and America because they know it makes us more secure in the world they've all stood up against expansionist soviet and then russian um uh, invasions of 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 countries in Europe because they know it makes us safer in the end the one fucking person in the presidential line Whoever took the opposite position was Donald Trump. Donald Trump went to NATO and said, fuck you, pay me. If I'm going to protect you, I want you to pay me, basically. Um, he shit on Article 5, the main the main principle of NATO, which is that an attack on one NATO country is an attack on all NATO countries. And the one time, as I just to diverge a little bit, the one time Article 5 has ever been invoked was when we were attacked on 9-11 by Osama bin Laden and Islamic terrorists. And NATO came to our aid and helped us fight back. Um, but Trump treated NATO like shit. He treated Europe like shit. He abused them, but he sucked Putin as much as he could. Um, and and that that sense that Putin is his special boy and that and the feeling is mutual informed everything about Trump. It led him to all the bullshit that got him impeached, like Ukraine. He still has butt hurt over that. And still blames Zelensky for not just, you know, remember, uh, uh, but first you have to do me a favor. Um, all of this crap um, showed the contrast this week between a Trump and a Biden. And Biden went to Poland. He went to Kiev. He went to the NATO Security Conference in, in Munich. He went across the board in Europe and said, this is the America you can trust. This is the America that will stand with you. This is the America that will be the arsenal of democracy. This is the America that is not going to not going to sell you out to Vladimir Putin and his war criminals. This is the America that 
that believes in in fighting back against you know authoritarian despots invading uh, democratic countries. All that I think was so impressive, and it was such a great visit, not just for Joe Biden, but for America. I talked to two people yesterday, actually three people yesterday, um, in in uh, one person in Ukraine, a friend of mine who's over there as a civil engineer, who said. You cannot imagine what it meant. He goes, it's like people are like walking around wearing Biden t-shirts. It's crazy. They love America. Like they loved us before. And now it's like that American president coming there in a war zone. For the first time, an American president went somewhere where we didn't have our own military to protect him. Amazing. Um, And other folks throughout Europe were incredibly impressed with the strength he was showing. And so, you know, the choice right now is you can have the weak Trump approach or you can have the strong Biden approach. And and I think there are a number of Republicans who may not admit it, but they'd much prefer Joe Biden's approach to Russia than Donald Trump's. But the base of the Republican Party really loves that shit. They love Putin. They're into, they're into Putin. They want us to switch sides. Well, think about this. Donald Trump, February of 2022. And this is where How many times have I called out Jamie Harrison from the DNC to say, these are the types of ads that you put out. And you don't have to pay and put them out on television. Put them out through social media. Donald Trump saying the following, and this is his quote. So Putin is now saying it's independent. He's referring to Crimea. A large section of Ukraine. I'm sorry, the Donbass, right? I said, how smart is that? And he's going to go in and be a peacekeeper. Mm -hmm. That's the strongest peace force. No, Donald, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard anybody say, right? Then he turns around. Unbelievable. And in the same thing, he says, Putin is taking over a country for $2 worth of sanctions. I'd say that's pretty smart. I mean, these are comments by a former president of the United States as it relates to a autocrat invading a sovereign country. I mean, to me, I just don't understand it. Now, then again, you had similar stupid things coming from like Madison Cawthorn. And thank God, I don't think he's even, he's not even around anymore. But then you have the, one of the worst of them all, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Donald with boobs. I mean, saying the same <laughs> stupid shit, right? It's just saying, no, no, first of all, I think with that, bigger, it's Donald with bigger boobs. Maybe. I'm not, I'm not sure. Own. You haven't seen either of them with their <laughs> shirts off. But putting all that aside, they both use the same Miss Clairol, the same number. This is right. Marjorie Taylor Greene. NATO has been supplying the neo-Nazis in Ukraine with powerful weapons and extensive training on how to use them. What the hell is going with these NATO Nazis, right? Hashtag. I mean... Just mm-hmm. imagine that this is coming from a representative of our right. government. Another one. You see Ukraine just kept poking the bear, poking the bear, which is Russia. And Russia invaded. And the hard truth is dot, dot, dot. There is no win for Ukraine here. Russia is being very successful in their invasion. I mean, well, first of all, Marjorie, you're wrong. And, of course, that took place uh, one year ago in March. Right. But then... Tucker Carlson, you know, has Putin ever called me a racist? Has he threatened to get me fired for disagreeing with him? Of course, now it's all about Tucker Carlson, right? I mean, J.D. Vance made another stupid, Candace Owen, I mean, for God's sakes, Candace. I mean, I know she's smarter than that, but, you know, she herself, Steve Bannon, 
Joe Kent, congressional candidate, Peter Navarro, Matt Gates, Paul Gosar, you know, Matt Rosendale, um, you know, Mary Miller, Charlie Kirk, Laura Ingraham, Dinesh D'Souza. And you could go on and on about all of the stupid comments that have been made mm-hmm. by, by these mm-hmm. people who have a large microphone talking about an autocrat. I'm lost. They, listen, they love authoritarians. They are dictator curious. They they love that it's what they loved about Trump. They love that idea that he's going to break the rules. So they love about DeSantis in Florida. You know, the he doesn't care about the law. Fuck you. He's going to do what he wants. Um, all those all those things that appeal to them are are because the Republican Party isn't the Republican Party anymore. It's an authoritarian movement where during the Trump era, the cultishness of it was so obvious and so over the top that that you know conservatives were forced to make a choice do you are you going to stay a conservative or are you going to go with trump well they decided to go with trump 100% of them and so the the craziness and the difficulty here of 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 getting them away from it is right now there's nothing there's no incentive that will make them stand up for american values um, which are, you know, traditionally speaking, to try to fight back against autocrats. There's nothing that will make them reverse and say, no, yeah, maybe Putin is a bad guy because, you know, he's killing people in the Donbass. He's killing people in Kherson. He's firing missiles at hospitals and daycare centers and schools and, and, and orchestras, you know, uh, and, and museums and all those things. They're okay with it, Michael. They're okay with it. They don't really care. They, they have reached the point where they're like, you know, Putin's more like us than than Joe Biden is. Putin's more like us than the rest of America is. So we're going to stick with Putin. And that is, I got to tell you, um, there's going to be a reckoning on that shit. It is. It's really sad. It there's going to be a reckoning on that shit, though. So then, Rick, so. what's going to happen to the GOP as the 2024 election gets underway? I mean, as an example, do they splinter? Is it going to be, for example, MAGA versus everyone else? Because if the party splits, I've seen enough of the statistics here, Trump likely gets the nomination. And then what happens? Assuming that Joe well, Biden runs, does Biden beat him? So uh, my theory of the case is, look, even if Trump holds a low percentage of the party, even if he only holds 20, 25 percent, and I think it's higher once you get into the fight, but even if it, it, use it for an argument, right? And you've got Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, N- Christy Nome, um, you know, Chris Christie, Mike Pence, you know, Mike Pompeo. Mike Pompeo. Yeah. Add, uh, yeah, and, and the, look, there, it seems like, the, and this guy, Vivek, whatever his name is, you know, who's very can self-fund. All these people come into this race. Okay, so you go to Iowa and they whack up the vote and Donald Trump gets 25% and Ron DeSantis gets 22% and everybody else gets six, four, two, three, whatever. And you do that once and okay, well, Trump won the primary. Then he goes to New Hampshire and does the same thing. And then he goes to South Carolina and does the same thing. And over and over, because it's winner take all with Republicans. Yeah, and and you end up in a space where Trump wins the primary, almost. But you, he could win the primary by this time next year and be done. And if he does that, 
it's tough because he's immediately going to go to war with Biden and Biden's own party will buddy fuck him until the day. I mean, there's two things I've learned about Democrats in the last couple of years. They will buddy fuck their friends before they will, they will fuck their enemies. Um, and, and and they never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. They will, they will criticize Biden and say, Oh, he's not doing this right or that right or this thing, right. Or didn't do this for us or that for us. Instead of saying, Oh, fuck, we better get behind our guy or it's going to be Donald fucking Trump in office again. Um, so it's Trump has a very good chance of winning. I'm going to be very blunt with people. He has a very good chance of winning. And, and that doesn't mean he's not a scumbag and a criminal and a weirdo and a terrible ex-president and a, and a guy who tried to burn down our whole country, but he still has a good chance of winning. The electoral college is a, is a rough, it's a rough hill to climb. And, and, and the media will treat them like a normal set of Republican versus Democrat once again. Because they're already starting to normalize Trump again. They're already starting to like love on him again. Uh, last night, Tucker was like, you know, say what you will about Donald Trump, but his instincts are so good. And this, these people on the Democratic side need to stop the bullshit. If Biden's not your nominee, you're going to get Trump by 20 points because they will have a brutal primary. They will fuck each other up. Trump will skate through and it will be a epic political bloodbath up and down the chain. Biden has a certain problem. It's called he's ancient. Biden has a certain gift. It's that he's Joe Biden. People like Joe Biden as a rule when they get to deal with him. He's a he's a guy. For, he's Joe from Scranton. And that white working class thing he does is better than any of these other Democrats who would possibly be in there who are much more liberal, much more progressive, much more academic, much more you know woke, for lack of a better term. Um, and. and if Democrats think that Joe Biden is a worse option than Donald Trump, they need to get their fucking heads examined. So what was Tucker talking about, that he has great instinct? What instinct oh, he was talking he about that event in Ohio. That He was talking about that event in Ohio. He's like, you know, when Donald Trump's with a crowd, he connects better than anybody. I'm telling you, Michael, it's the turn at Fox. They're starting to – and I'm starting to pick it up from Sean and others where, you know, it, they used to – for a long time, they were all Trump all the time. And then after January 6th, they sort of eased down on it. And Rupert wanted them to like less and less and less coverage of Trump. And it was all DeSantis for like the last six months. But now, you know, it's Trump, Trump, Trump again. And and I I I I want to caution people that there's a possibility, once again, that a year from now, Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee and running a full-fledged campaign. Yeah, well then you and I better figure out where we're moving to, that's for sure. And well, my friend, real estate in Portugal is very well priced. By the way, right here now. Portugal is beautiful. <laughs> so let's go to All this. Right. So let's go to this topic here. Yeah. McCarthy's pal, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's completely losing her mind, right? Telling the press that red and blue states should get a divorce. And that Democrats who move to red states, this I couldn't believe. Democrats that who move to red states should not be allowed to vote for five years. I mean, I think it's grandstanding because she just can't be that stupid. I mean, can she? She she is she is malicious. She is somewhat stupid, but she has got a Trumpish nature to her. She's got a kind of cunning nature to her about how she trolls. And she's very good in that trolling culture. She's very good in that sleazy culture. Um and and I think that there's a degree of that where, you know, yes, she knows it's full of, she's full of shit, 
but she also likes to, to churn the waters and she gets a lot of pushback from Democrats and a lot of Republicans then go and sign on to her website and give her money. So you can't ignore her, but the, the way to deal with her is not out mockery, but out or not outrage, but mockery. Listen, the problem with people like her, people like Donald, despite what others think, when you mock them, they actually soak it up and they enjoy it. You know, as Donald well, used to always say, no press is bad press. So therefore, if you're making fun of him, you're talking about him. If you're talking about him, you're thinking about him. And he sees that as a win for him. I don't get it. But once again, you know, they're just not normal human beings. They really are not. They're, they're, I mean, look, everybody's fucked up in some, some way, but they're fucked up in multiple ways. So. so look, I want to talk about this for a second, that Republicans have also managed to turn the East Palestine disaster into a referendum on President Biden and then also on Pete Buttigieg. But from what I can gather and from what I've seen, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine made a series of really bad decisions, as did, of course, uh -huh. Norfolk Southern Railroad. What's your take on all of this? Look, the, at the Lincoln Project, we released an ad yesterday. It's got over a million views now. Um that said, you know, Donald Trump during his administration rolled back the braking safety regulations for rail cars that carried dangerous cargo. They got rid of those regulations. And Norfolk Southern was happy to not have to deal with putting expensive computer control brakes on their train cars. And so we put the blame back where it belongs on Trump. They're turning, trying to turn this into a populist shit show and, and say, we care about the working man. But you know what? Let's remember, um, the three major hedge funds that own the majority of the stock in Norfolk Southern are all Trump donors. So this bullshit uh, needed to be put back on their plates. And and we it's on the Lincoln Project uh, website about from yesterday or from uh, from uh, Wednesday of this week um, that, you know, we made it clear where this where the where the where the failure point was here. Now, the fact that DeWine is playing fuck around and that Vance is playing fuck around and that everybody else is playing fuck around on this, all of them are doing this not to help the people of East Palestine, but to to play games with the 2024 election. And, and you know what? I'm a big boy. That's 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 what they're going to do. I get it. It's it's a shitty strategy and it's a shitty thing to do to those people. Um, and Trump bringing 12 year old bottles of Trump water to the event and saying, "Oh, I brought beans and water." Um, it, look. The help those people need is not going to be shit that Trump can load onto his airplane. The help those people need is going to be at the federal level. And so if the mayor and and the governor uh, and other elected officials in Ohio would stop fucking around, they'd get the help they needed quickly. Because right now, they don't want to have it come in quickly because they want a political benefit from it. And I think that's a really shitty way to go. I mean, I could just imagine that when they were deciding that he was going to go to Ohio and make his presence known, hey, Donald. I have a great idea. Why don't you bring in some of that Trump water that you have sitting downstairs that's been sitting there forever <laughs> that has plastic leachating into, you know, into the bottles themselves. <laughs> Let's give these infected people, right, some of your water. You could take it as a tax write-off, which I guarantee that he's going to do. And, I you know, promise you and most people will probably just keep it and put it on their shelves. But even if they do get sick from it, it doesn't matter because you could blame it on the Norfolk Southern Railroad exposure. I mean, that 
that's probably how the conversation went. That's how fucked up circular that the conversation must have gone. Michael, those those people live in a those people live in a absolute um, moral vacuum, and those people um, those people they're exploiting the harm that's been done, um, you know, to them by Norfolk Southern at a way, in a way that is, again, it's a moral vacuum. They're, they're, they live in a really dark fucking place, man. And, and, and they're willing to use all the propaganda techniques and look, Fox is running this thing like a, like a, like a, like beating at this thing, like a, like a rented mule um, at a level that is astounding astounding you know rick i gotta ask you this question on that because as i watch this and the coverage on it it's 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 gut-wrenching to see the families and the people nervous concerned and they have every single right they have every single right to be nervous and concerned considering that train was filled with toxic chemicals yeah, but here's oh, the listen, thing. I'm not excusing. I'm not excusing any of the bullshit from Norfolk Southern. No, no neither, neither am I. But what kept coming to me, and I'm a pretty practical guy. Even when I was working for Donald, I would try to bring practicality into his fucked up world. So the thing that I would do in order to appease people that are there in East Palestine is I would bring in a whole group of tests scientists with those little testers that you can do even in your own home just bring them in Mm -hmm. you bring me your water from your sink bring me the water from your lake Uh bring me the water from your toilet for all i care and we will do a test to show you what the ph balance of your water is we can see if there's any harmful chemicals in your water we can make determinations right right. when i was in otisville we used to do that every single day there was over at the over at the shop they used to have all the tests you used to take water from three different areas we would do it in order to check the levels to see whether or not anything was wrong with the ph balances and so on why are they not doing that it's so simple it's such a simple solution to appease the minds of people whose lives have been fucked up because of this stupid decision by donald and his administration to ease the regulation it is. It is that I, Michael. I got to tell you, I'm going to pass that along because I think it actually is 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 both like the right political thing to do and the right and the right technical thing to do. Uh, that, it would also give those people some peace of mind. You know, right now they're like, oh god, if I take a sip of water, I take a shower, I'm going to get cancer. So they're scared shitless, and it's and it's and it's you know it would, it would be better for them. Um, you know, it's 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 the right technical decision and the right political decision at the same time. Rick, I got another one for you. You and I are going to head out there. We're going to bring out all of those tests. But more than that, if if I was involved in the Biden administration, if I was Pete Buttigieg, what I would do right now, right. I would have these massive, massive flatbeds. And I'd be like, fuck this shit. You see that piece of burnt out garbage that used to be a train? Lift it, put it on there, take it to a facility Somewhere yep. in the middle of Nowheresville, build a whole, but what they call a butler building, which is nothing but metal covered by, yeah, you know, a shell building. by right, yeah. you know, just covered by aluminum. 
make that into a storage area, put all the trains in there so you could do whatever the hell it is that you need to do. Get it up, start lifting up the fucking tracks, start digging down like I did once for Donald many years ago when I first started to work for him in um, in New Jersey, in the Meadowlands, when we were doing the NCAP Golf Redevelopment Project right outside of Xanadu. You grab dirt from every 10 feet, you test it, and then you replace the dirt with clean dirt, yep. and then you take care and you figure out what to do with the other. That's how you take care of this. I see them all sitting there, they're all scratching their head. It reminds me of the fucking JF, uh, the Van Wick Expressway they- when they were putting up that overhead <laughs> pass for 25 yes. fucking years. Right. I was just saying, under construction for an entire generation of Yeah, at beings. least one generation. The hour now is almost over. I have one last question, and it's obviously right, about, one last. It's about the Lincoln Project. Because, you know, yes. what are you all doing there at the Lincoln Project right now? Because I imagine that you're already plotting the campaign, you know, for 2024, yep. and not just this election, but several elections. You know, what's your focus Tell us what you're doing, and tell us, more importantly, how we get involved with Lincoln Project. Well, at the Lincoln Project right now, what we are doing is bringing the same skill set we did in 2020 uh, against Donald Trump and Trumpism um, into the 2024 election, because the 2024 election is happening right now, Michael. We are in the 2024 election. Nobody wants to admit it to themselves, but it's happening. We're in it. It's, It's on. So right now, what we're doing is beginning to set the narrative. We're causing as much uh, uh, on one track to help strengthen the spines of the Democrats and Joe Biden to show them how to talk to America. Like we've produced ads this week about East Palestine. We produced ads this week about the trip to Ukraine that are, are how, as a Republican, we would have framed it to talk to Republican and moderate and centrist voters. So we're always talking that that Bannon line of, of persuadable voters. So we're doing that to reinforce Joe Biden. We're also throwing every bit of chum in the water in the Republican primary we can right now because the maximum chaos and distress and anger and fear and and recriminations that we can generate between Trump and DeSantis and Haley and Pompeo and all the rest of them are going to lead to a better 2024 battlefield. We need the, the primary of 2024 to be dragged out as long as we can. It may not last that long. But the longer it lasts, the weaker Trump or whoever the Republican nominee is at that point. Um, And frankly, we don't see any sort of Republican hopefuls in the field that can survive between Trump and DeSantis going as far out off the cliff as they're they're going to. So the Lincoln Project is setting that narrative every day. We're producing ads in, in key areas. We're still up in Donald's grill every day because we think there's a massive benefit to keep keeping him distracted and keeping him angry and keeping him uh you know not focusing on Joe Biden but rather being mad at the Lincoln project. We've been able we're we're a bullet sponge as they say in gaming. Um and the final thing we're doing is focusing on some of these extremist maga types uh that we helped defeat the last time. We in 2022 we focused on 22 races and we won 17 of them. Uh and we helped beat people like Carrie Lake and Blake Masters and all the and a lot of these lunatics out there um, who weren't just Trumpers, but were insane people and were 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 radically dangerous for this country. So we are um we're in we're we're we never really get a big rest at the Lincoln Project. We never really get a lot of time off because we recognize this is a sprint. And in politics and campaigns, the one thing you can never get back is a day. You can always raise more money, mm-hmm. you can always make more ads, you can always do more activities, but you don't get a day back. 
And so there's a big calendar in my other room that ticks down every day, a big digital timer on election day coming. We know it's coming. We've got to do the work every day. And that's what the team at the Lincoln Project, whether it's in our media, our politics, our grassroots organizing, um, all those things are in full swing right now. And uh, and folks can come to the lincolnproject.us. They can follow us on on, on Twitter at, at Project Lincoln, same with Instagram. Uh, you can follow me at the Rick Wilson on all the platforms. And uh, we, we, we talk a lot. We work a lot. We do a lot of media. We do a lot of narrative setting. And um, and you can also come to my podcast, The Enemies List, wherever fine podcasts are found. There you go. And uh, and and go from there. Well, you got to come back on the show soon, Michael. We'll, anytime, get, we'll reach anytime out. Anytime that you want. Let's get together also soon. It. I have a lot of ideas. Um, All right. Rick, yeah, you, I, I'm gonna I'm, when I'm up in New York next week. We will break bread and 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 scheme. Done deal, Rick. Thank you for your insight. Thank you for joining me today. Anytime, Michael. I will see you soon, anytime. my brother. Be well. Yes, sir. See you, brother. Bye now. And now for today's mea culpa. I've been ranting a lot lately. I mean, it's hard to keep my cool in the face of so much ignorance. But folks, I'm trying. I swear, I really am. But several recent public outcries have made me wonder just how long I can keep a lid on it. So first of all, I don't care if you loved or hated Rihanna's Super Bowl halftime show. Me? I thought it was fine. I liked it. And the girls got a lot of hits. So who knew? We found out that she was pregnant. And that was interesting because it's a big announcement to make it the Super Bowl. And I suppose that when the most macho event of the season gets an unexpected dose of estrogen, people are going to be a little bit surprised. But the FCC got a record number of complaints. I mean, you believe this shit? angry about Rihanna's gyrating and hand gestures. I mean, I guess, I don't know what the fuck they're complaining about. On top of that, she was also wearing red, so the complainers likened her to a recent Sam Smith performance at the Grammys where he wore red and sang a song, and also took a shit ton of flack for being demonic. But I don't know who, I just don't understand this. But, again, Complaints to the Grammys came in record numbers. I mean, are there a lot of church ladies out there watching the Super Bowl and the Grammys? Because it's hard to remember a time when America has ever seemed so fucking square. After the 1960s and the sexual revolution, you'd think that we'd have grown up just a little bit. I mean, I remember the Rocky Horror Picture Show back in the 1970s. Yeah, it was racy. There were drag queens, sex, and murder. But I don't remember people trying to shut it down. In fact, it still plays today. But maybe the issue isn't Rihanna's gyrating or the supposed sin that she's eliciting. Maybe the complaints are really about Rihanna being black and about Sam Smith being gay. Rap stars Cardi B and her partner Offset have a new meal deal at McDonald's made up of their favorite menu items. Now, look, it's a clever idea aimed at Gen Z, I suppose, but the white fucking boomers aren't having it. Can you imagine the shit? McDonald's chain owners are up in arms complaining to McDonald's parent company that the couple doesn't display get a load of this shit. Family values. I mean, what? Family values? If McDonald's was worried about families, they wouldn't be killing them with heart attack inducing junk food. But that's not the point here. In fact, I happen to like McDonald's. But Cardi being offset, what's the problem again? Well, they're black. 
black and powerful symbols of rap culture. And hello, rap culture is as American as baseball and apple pie. The only problem for these white folks is it's just not white. The same fucking complainers got butthurt when black filmmakers and performers demanded to be recognized by the Oscars. Oscars So White was a great campaign because it stated the problem in such a concise way. A change actually occurred, can you imagine? A concerted effort went into updating an old model. And honestly, I think that we're all better for it. But when I hear about a drag show being shut down by Proud Boys, it's not the drag queens that I'm mad at. It's the haters that I hate. The racists and the homophobes, they fucking ruin everything. I mean, think about it. Every single day on Twitter, something negative is trending about Meghan Markle. I mean, what did the girl ever do to you? For God's sakes, what's the problem? She married a white prince? I mean, is that it, Karen? You didn't get the guy and now you're mad that a mixed race woman did? I mean, so look, folks, I'm not trying to stop you from speaking up when you see something wrong or that you have something legitimate to complain about. But check to make sure that what you're whining and fucking complaining about isn't simply your problem. I mean, for God's sakes, let's progress, people. Let's do what we said we were going to do. Be better, be better, be better. And as always, thanks for listening. Mea Culpa is brought to you by Audio Up, Midas Touch, and LSJ Media, written by Jimmy Jelinek and Paula Killen. Our editor and managing producer is Lisa Orkin. Our executive producers are Jared Gustad, Jimmy Jelinek, and myself, Michael Cohen, along with Phil Alberstadt. It may be a new day politically, but nowadays the landscape is more confusing than ever. Donald Trump may have lost the battle for the presidency, but in many ways, Trumpism is still winning the war on the state and local level. Maya Culpa is here to help guide you through the wilderness and keep you informed. And let's face it, we all want Trump, Rudy, and the rest of these seditious traitors to see justice. And folks, I promise you, it's coming. So stay tuned as I guide you through the twists and turns of the criminal process that will ultimately see them behind bars. Mea culpa, nothing but the truth. This is my